Are you willing to go to any lengths to fix your health, including moving? Well, today's guest and I talk about that and so much more, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Sarah Kleiner Wellness YouTube channel, as well as the Evolving Wellness Podcast. Today, I have an interview with Nick Tan, who I actually met through the quantum world and have just connected on a lot of different topics over the last few years. Now, he and his wife actually moved from a really unhealthy environment to fix their health. And now he's dedicated his entire life to helping people heal themselves. And the standard model, even when you step away from allopathic medicine, is heavily reliant upon functional medicine, testing, labs, supplements. And Nick has a different way of looking things now. There might be a time and a place, just to put it out there, for people to look at these types of things, testing and supplements. But what Nick really does is very similar to what I do in helping people to transform their lifestyle, their nutrition, and all this other low-hanging fruit that typically gets swept under the rug when it comes to our health. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Nick. I also want to remind you, I am running a January sale right now, and you can also get two free lessons from my 10-day leptin course. If you didn't get the opportunity to take that when it was available, I'm giving out two free lessons and you'll get all of my free eBooks. I'm going to put that link in the show notes and I'm also running a really wonderful New Year's sale if you've been, if you're ready to jump into some new health for 2024. Take advantage of that New Year's sale up to 60% off of my most popular bundles. And before we jump into the episode, a quick shout out to Viva Rays for sponsoring today's episode. I love their circadian glasses. You can use my code Yogi to save there. They also have great eye masks as well as earplugs. Second sponsor is Upgraded Formulas. They have a fantastic magnesium that I use, my whole family uses, as well as a hair tissue mineral analysis if you are looking to see what your minerals actually look like this year. So, Thank you so much for watching today's show. If you're listening over on the podcast, make sure to leave us up to a five-star review. If you're on YouTube, then go ahead, hit the like button and leave us a comment. Thank you again so much for watching. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to have a friend and colleague here with me today, and he has a really, really wonderful personal story. So Nick, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So good to be here. Yeah. I, we were just talking, you know, I followed, I've been following you on social media for, I don't know, maybe it's been a couple of years now. And um, I love the information that you share about quantum health and circadian biology. And it's the beginning of the year, you know, this, this will come out beginning of the year. And I think a lot of people are kind of looking to transform their health at this time of year. So I, I, I love these like personal stories and then you, you're also working with people and helping them as well. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to chat and, and see what happens in the conversation today. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. So tell my audience a little bit about yourself. I know you're there in, in lovely Mexico right now and getting that nice UV. Um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your health journey. Yeah, sure. So I'm originally from Singapore. And in 2021, my wife and I just packed our bags, quit our job and left um, Singapore for, for Mexico. Mostly it's because of health. Um, and obviously, like we were done trading trading time for money and um, I had Hashimoto's then and yeah. Singapore being Singapore is it's a great place but 
um, is very highly populated um, in terms of population densities is, is really dense, one of the densest in the world. So um, in terms of EMF wise, even though we have really strong sun, equatorial sun, um, it wasn't really, I wasn't really making much gains in terms of my health and reversing my autoimmune condition. So after trying for like three or four years, um, you know, and having consults with like doctors like Dr. Jack Cruz and a few other doctors, um, it came to the conclusion that it was the environment that I was in that I had to make a change. It wasn't an easy choice, but after dragging my feet for a few years, I decided, okay, like, um, let's, let's give that a shot. And I happen to really enjoy water sports as well. So Mexico turned out to be a fairly easy choice at that point in time. And yeah, like ever since then, it's been two and a half years now. And yeah, like I felt that we've made a good move and yeah, there's no turning back, just enjoying life in general. Yeah, it's I, I'm always like looking at your stories and seeing your beautiful posts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, one day I want to get <laughs> further south. Um, it looks so beautiful. But um, maybe you can tell people like, so Hashimoto's, what are some of the other things that you were really experiencing? Because that's a, a big deal to pick up and just like move your whole life to a completely different country for your health. You know, and I think a lot of people might be like, ah, oh, you know, I, <laughs> that's, that's a lot. So what kind of stuff were you experiencing at the time when you were still in Singapore? Yeah. Um, the biggest one is probably me being out in the sun, like three or four hours a day mm -hmm. and not doing that for like 12 months, but not seeing my vitamin D levels climb. And oh, it was constantly... Yeah, stuck at 30. Like it wasn't like super low, but I would expect things to be more optimum. And it really concerned me because I was doing everything right um, and I wasn't seeing any of the gains. And one thing led to another. Um, and eventually I felt that, you know, let's just give it a shot and yeah. see what happens. And I can always return back home if, you know, it wasn't what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. So vitamin D definitely was one of those uh, from a blood work perspective and the BUN creatine ratio as well. I was uh, doing all kinds of... all the time, yeah. Yeah, very much so. So I was doing all kinds of um, supplementation to bring mm -hmm. the BUN ratio down. And it was expensive. Kinton Minerals was one of those. Um, yeah. It worked for a while, but the moment that I stopped taking them, um, the levels go straight up again. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting was when I moved to Mexico, um, after about eight or nine months, the, the numbers just naturally dropped without me having to do anything. So wow. um, I was really surprised. Yeah. But that gave me the conviction to uh, double down on my environment and, you know, um, you know, obviously fine tuning things along the way. Yeah. I think, I mean, those are the two big issues that I hear with people that live in densely populated areas. And, you know, a lot of them aren't doing the things that you were doing. So you were kind of already trying to live the circadian quantum lifestyle in Singapore, I'm assuming if mm -hmm. you're consulting with Dr. Cruz and, you know, diving into that information. Um, but even doing that, you still were just, the the needle was not moving, right? Mm, yeah, I could feel a little bit of difference. I wouldn't say that um, it was completely useless, but I just hit a plateau. Yeah. And if I wanted to reverse my Hashimoto's, reverse my fatigue and brain fog, then after going down the route of function, functional medication, mm -hmm. supplementation and whatnot, and I wasn't making any headway, um, eventually it would come to a point where if I wish to continue pushing the envelope, then 
I need to be committed to doing something a little bit more out of the ordinary. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's that's a decision people have to make. And um, you know, you're married, so how how did your wife take in the information? And she, obviously, she's with you still in Mexico now. How was that for her? Because I'm sure both of you had family and jobs and a life that was heavily anchored in Singapore. How did she mm. kind of come along with the whole thing? Yeah, I would say that the first step is always the hardest for mm -hmm. both of us because obviously family, friends is, is a big component and then having to kind of like decide which is more important as well as like things like financial security and quitting our job and really kind of, as Dr. Cruz like to say, you know, jumping off without a parachute. Mm -hmm. um, it's fairly, fairly intimidating. Um, it took us about eight months of dragging our feet before we decided that, okay, like, let's, let's give it a shot. Um, but taking that plunge turned out to be probably one of the best um, decisions we ever made. Um, yeah, and it's been three years. We haven't actually thought of going back yet, even though we should sometime soon. So I guess that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and so what did you end up doing? You obviously quit your job. Did you go straight into coaching, helping other people? Or did you just kind of say, oh, we're just going to jump and see what happens? Yeah, so um, like I was kind of like coaching a little bit on the side because mm. the whole quantum biology um, topic was very interesting to me. So even though I've been practicing that for about three to four years before I decided to make the move, um, I was helping a few people uh, on the side um, just to gain some experience. And when I moved to Mexico the first year, I focused on getting my certification and while I was focusing on healing, um, it's really good to be able to practice what I preach and teach people. I think that's usually the best way to learn um, and gain first-hand experience. And yeah, one thing led to another. As I was able to see improvements for myself, I became more confident in my practices and I was able to um, help other people along the way as well. So yeah, one thing led to another. And yeah, slowly I was just building up my own practice and yeah, as even today, I'm still learning as I go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's always, always <laughs> learning to be done for sure. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And especially when you work with clients, and I'm assuming most of your clients are not where you are in Mexico, are they? Do you work with people over the world? Mm, yeah, I would say yes, all over the world. And mostly with busy professionals and business owners. So they haven't really got a lot of time. Right. Um, you know, so obviously trying to get them to prioritize like a healthy morning routine um, within their busy schedule is always going to be challenging. So having to learn where to meet, meet them where they are without diluting the whole experience and being able to help enhance their health is always a tricky balance. Yeah, so I guess learning how to encourage them to take that step um, so that they can experience that firsthand um, benefit themselves so that they are more motivated to continue doing the healthy practices. Um, that's always challenging, but fun at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a tough one though, you know, working with people who are in the city and they have a busy life um, mm -hmm. and you kind of moving out of that environment, I guess a tough question is like, are how are you able to help them or are you able to help them see improvements, feel better? What kind of results do you see when people are still in that environment? Mm, yeah. Um, it all depends. Um, obviously, when they come to me, everyone's different. But generally speaking, the ones that 
somehow I always attract as clients are always coming from a lack of energy point of view. So we always focus more from a fatigue perspective and sleep is one of the main ones to, that we always address first. So we look at the uh, light environment um, after sunset. That's always a easy one to help improve just by um, helping them become aware that blue light after sunset is very confusing for the body clock and it has the potential to disrupt the sleep quality. So usually that would be the first one, kind of like the low-hanging fruit that we tackle mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And um, when they start to see the shift in their sleep quality in just a matter of days or weeks, then it's much easier for them to come on board with some of the other practices, um, you know, and depending on what sort of issues they're dealing with. If it's gut health related, then we focus more into nutrition. Um, if it's, um, you know, more from a weight loss perspective, we might look at things such as movement or mm -hmm. um, leptin prescription, that type of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's more of like a, not really a one-size-fits-all um, yeah. type of approach, but really kind of meeting them where they are to help them along their journey to meet their health goals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I feel like, yeah, ideally people will move, you know, out of the city and get into the, into a lower, uh, non-AVMF environment, higher UV, but most people can't do that. Right. Especially busy, uh, business owners, professionals. And so, yeah, you have to kind of meet them where they are. And, uh, how do you, you know, you, you, so you start with the blue light after dark, obviously. Mm -hmm. So anyone listening, make sure you get your blue blockers. That's people have a lot of resistance to wearing blue blockers. Um, so how do you, do you come into that? Like, do people come up against you with that a lot or, um, mm. yes, no. And how do you deal with that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, it depends on individuals. <clears throat> Most people, they generally are quite receptive. We always start with the no risk version. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just like a 30, 30, $40 pair. And yeah, what are you? Nine or, yeah, yeah that, that's right. And um, typically what I do is just encourage them to wear like two hours before bed as, mm -hmm. as a starting point. And like humans are interesting because when we do something and we see the positive effect, it's much easier for them to convince themselves to do more of the things that's going to benefit them. So really it's more of like um, introducing the right things for them to see the impact that they are going for. So I found that to be useful. And then from there on, if they wish to push the envelope further, then I could encourage them to uh, like wear the glasses a little bit longer before sunset if they wish to. Um, and typically, obviously aesthetics, especially for the single um, guys out there, like they might feel a little bit more resistant um, wearing a pair of orange uh, blue blockers going out on the street. And right. usually what I would do is I would meet them halfway and recommend them to consider the yellow pair instead. Yellow, so, yeah. yeah, it's not so, you know, um, strange, I suppose. Yeah. So there's always kind of like in between steps um, mm -hmm. to take. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's really meeting them where they are. And when they're ready to push the envelope further, I'm always here for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I feel like pe most people, when they start wearing blue blockers, they can absolutely feel a difference. Um, I've even had some people say that they have like headaches and they kind of feel disoriented when they first wear them. Do you mm -hmm. ever come up against that with people? Yeah, I, I have. I think um, that could actually be how the lens is actually designed. 
because different kind of like curvature may actually distort um, like how things are, appear on vision. So I did notice that um, some of the lenses, the flatter ones, tends to do better than the ones that actually the have curve, the nicer curve. ones. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm always curious to talk to other practitioners about that because that's something that I'm like, well, it could just be this kind of visceral adjustment to mm. having like all the lights that you're used to dimmed out, blurred out. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing about the lenses also makes sense because the eyes, people don't realize how tied the eye is to mm. the rest of the body. Right. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the, it's like the brain on the outside of the body. That's, mm. and you think about how many things the brain does within the body. It's like the nervous system, all of it's connected. And so, yeah, mm. something as simple as the blue blockers, I think can, you know, can be a big, a big shift for some, for some people. Definitely. Yep. 100%. Yes. Yeah. 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 So once you kind of tackle the night routine, um, mm. how do you help them with the morning routine? Cause I, I find them a lot of resistance around that also, because people are conditioned and they're so busy and I don't know about you, but for me as a busy mm. person, I didn't go outside in the morning for decades, you know, mm. like why, why would I, do that, you know, unless I was leaving to go somewhere, um, mm -hmm. I would never really go outside in the morning. So, yeah. um, how do you kind of help people manage that? Mm, yeah, I, I would say that obviously the optimum thing is always to watch the sunrise, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. then, you know, like it's not it's not realistic to expect someone who is new to this type of lifestyle to just wake up like three, four hours before um, their usual routine to, mm -hmm. to catch the sunrise. Um, so it's really more of like a very gradual process. And typically I meet them where they are. And if, they, if they're not comfortable watching the sunrise, then are they comfortable opening the windows and let some natural light in? Um, are they willing to um, like have a cup of coffee in the balcony or at the yard instead of, um, you know, in in a dining table um, under a blue lit environment. So there's plenty of little things that we can do just to introduce more natural light into um, you know, the living environment. So typically that way seems to have helped um, a little bit, but obviously nothing <clears throat> beats having full interaction or full um, you know, contact um, with natural sunlight on the eyes and the skin. So yeah. that's always the first objective that I try to encourage them to move towards. Yeah. And typically at my discovery call, I would typically do my best to find out if the client is willing to at least bare minimum try some of these things. If, if they're not willing to do so, then maybe I wouldn't be able to help them. And, you know, if that's the case, then they might be better off finding someone who is, um, more aligned with their lifestyle. So it's one of the criteria that I do um, check at the discovery call um, mm -hmm. just to make sure that we're not wasting you know, each other's time. Yeah, I think that's important because there's a lot of people that think that the things that we talk about are just too simple to be true. And I think that <laughs> they want like a complicated supplement protocol or, you know, mm -hmm. an intense routine. And when we kind of tell them, this is what we want you to do. Some people kind of balk at that. Do you, do you see that? Yeah. 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 Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, like obviously 
you know, there's, there's always middle ground. Like, I wouldn't say that I'm completely against supplementation, but yeah. it's never the end goal. Like, my goal is always to get clients to improve to a point where they can do without supplements. But mm. in a short-term perspective, if certain tools are going to be helpful for them um, in order for them to um, gain trust in the process, I'm not against that completely. So it's a very... Um, like, how should I say? It's a very um, personalized process to get my clients to where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's important because people are, you know, they look at a protocol and they kind of balk at it. They freak out a little bit. So you really do have <laughs> to help people find the way to it. Um, mm -hmm. And what what do you feel about nutrition for people? It's the same thing, like more individualized or do you have like certain kind of tenets that you follow? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that the it has to be meat based. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm a little bit reluctant to get into any form of arguments or conversation if the client insists on you know not eating seafood at at the bare minimum. Oh yeah, know? definitely. Yeah, um, DHA obviously is a huge component in optimum health. So, and we all know that the difference between supplementation of omega-3 versus obtaining DHA straight from proteins is, right. is a huge difference in terms of how um, the molecules are delivered into the brain. So I would say that that is one of my non-negotiables as well. Mm. If you wish not to eat like steak and all that, that's completely fine. But are you willing to eat some fish or oysters at the bare minimum? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can break that down a little bit further, scientific explanation for people, because I get that question a lot. Can I just take um, fish oil capsules? Can I just take cod liver oil? And mm -hmm. I'm like, it's not going to do the same thing. So what mm -hmm. what's the scientific explanation behind that in case people don't understand it? Yeah, um, there's many different, different levels to it. Um, from a more like, you know, surface level perspective, obviously the brain is made of like 60-70% fat and we really need like high quality fats to feed our brain so that we can function optimally. And obviously our cell membranes as well, like it's all made up of lipids. So having high quality fat pretty much ensures that we have healthy cells, healthy mitochondria. And when these things from a cellular level starts to perform well, then obviously the rest of the body starts to thrive. So um, from that perspective, um, I personally feel, even from my personal experience, um, I used to suffer a lot of brain fog, for example. Mm, yeah. And just by upping my seafood consumption to three to five times a week, um, that has a huge component in helping me reverse that. So it doesn't have to be anything too complicated uh, you know, to reverse brain fog. We just need to focus on the very basics of what nutrient-dense food is and how do we um, focus on these things and apply it in such a way that's going to benefit our brain function as well as our health. Yeah. I hope you are enjoying this episode with Nick. All of his information is going to be down in the show notes. If you want to connect with him, get some coaching, he works with people all over the world and has really valuable information to share. The second thing I wanted to mention was to remind you that if you are new to this information, new to this work, and you just want to get a taste of my teaching, a taste of what my courses look like, you can get two lessons from my 10-day leptin course, which is not available for sale anywhere right now. 
if you follow the link in the show notes. You'll also get all of my free eBooks with that download. So check that out. And I'm also running a really fantastic January sale right now. You can save up to 60% off on course bundles that will also be in the show notes. Again, if you're watching over on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button, leave us a comment. And if you are on the audio only platform, leave us up to a five-star review over on Spotify or Apple. Thank you so much for listening. Let's jump back into the show. Yeah. And the, the oils and the capsules are just not, uh, mm. available, like bioavailable for the brain and the body. Right. Mm, that's right. Yeah. So I think it's more from a molecular structure. Yeah, um, SN2 to, versus SN1 position, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's plenty of studies out there now um, to showcase that. And of course, um, you know, without looking so deep um, into the science, even simple things such as the capsules having like the oil that could potentially be rancid. rancid so yeah. yeah. We might be doing more harm than good in the long run. You yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah, I just have people. I'm a big fan of salmon roe because it's you just can have mm. a spoonful of it, and yep. you can do anything for just a spoonful. You don't have to eat the whole plate of it. Just have a spoonful. My husband, <laughs> my husband will do the spoonful now. We buy it and just all the both of our kids eat it by the spoonful. So do I. So does he, and mm. uh, he'll. <laughs> He'll take a special drink, you know, and he'll just like chase it. He's like, all right, <laughs> got my chaser, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah, my son loves it. My son's almost 15 months in a couple of weeks here. He'll be 15 months. And he loves the love salmon roe. I mean, he mm. just loves it. He want, he'll eat several spoonfuls of it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. If you really, <laughs> if you really yeah. want it, <laughs> but yeah. And it's going to be huge for his um, development as well. Oh yeah. my gosh. He started like babbling at five weeks old, but I was like, what in the Music. world? You know, he's been talking since he was just tiny. And now that he's, you know, 14 months, he is just talking up a storm and just, mm. it's, it's crazy how much he's talking. And every morning when I go in to get him out of bed, he's like pointing, he's like ball. He like wow. wants his, he wants his ball or he wants or truck. Like he want, he's like already picked out a toy when I get in there to pull him out of his crib <laughs> and he's like ready to go. You know, I've got my truck or my ball and he's, yeah, it's mm. crazy. And my mom is like, I haven't really seen a child that just is like talking this much this early. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, because yeah. I had salmon row pretty much almost every day when I was pregnant. And as soon as he started solid, you know, I had it when I was breastfeeding. And then when he started eating solids mm -hmm. ever since six months, he's been eating the salmon roe himself by the spoonful. So yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. It's got a very good DC electric current circuit running exactly. through him. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's so crucial. So yeah. Mm. And what if someone comes to you and they're like, um, I'm vegan. Can I just do algae? for dha mm -hmm. what do you how do you manage that one yeah so that one's going to be tough obviously um i, I would handle that at my discovery um mm, because yeah. for me it's very important to um for, for the people that work with me that you know we have to resonate um yes. with each other otherwise it's, it's not going to work out yeah. yeah so i'd rather them not waste their money you know yeah so i would tackle that at the discovery to figure out what they are willing or not willing to do so yeah. then that saves me a lot of pain 
uh, and I don't have to deal with that in my program. So <laughs> I've learned through the hard way, but I figured that that was that's probably one of the better way to to manage things. And obviously, I try my best to, you know, share the knowledge of you know why this might be potentially something that you might want to take a look at. You know, and obviously, you have to decide on your own if that's going to work out for you or not. Um, yeah, but generally speaking, that's what I try to do. And um, some of them come back after trying a few other things themselves a year or two later. But you know, some some may wish to you know continue on down their own path. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. I've had people that want to do my 21 day leptin reset, and they're like, "Can I do this as a vegan?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, I mean, a lot of the program is lifestyle." Um, but there is the nutrition component and having bioavailable protein is really important because it's the building block for your body and your brain. And, uh, you can try it. I'm not going to tell you that all the lifestyle things won't help you have an improvement because they absolutely will give you a big improvement from implementing all these lifestyle things. But if you get to a certain point where it's not working, then that's going to be my next thing to tell you to do is to mm. start eating animal protein. Um, mm. And I have had people try that and they, you know, they get to feeling better, but they're stuck at a certain point. And I'm like, mm. yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough, tough place. Cause I, and I've did veganism for a couple of years. I was very convicted about it and uh, mm. it was hard to get me to switch over to animal protein. Um, mm. But I, <laughs> I did. I never looked back, obviously, but yeah, it can be a tough, tough choice for people. But I, I love that you do this discovery call and make sure that people are kind of resonating with you and the information that you're you're giving them. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And how do you find like, you know, was it easier? Is, is seafood an easier sell, do you find? Yeah, versus I do. obviously like, you know, more, yeah. more of like a meat base. So I found that yeah. to be a fairly... Um, good starting point, yeah. you know, as a point of negotiation. <laughs> yeah. I have some really lovely um, people in my private membership group who live in India and they're Indian and, uh, you know, vegetarian for spiritual reasons. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. said, so can you eat, um, can you eat the fish eggs and can you eat eggs? Are those mm. two things that you can bring in? And they say, yes, we can do that. And so they're doing those things and they're having great results. Um awesome. So yeah, I do. I I still would prefer people to eat animal protein, you know, eat animal protein, eat meat. Lamb mm-hmm. is fabulous. I feed my son a ton of lamb. He loves lamb. Yeah. Um, it's very uh, rich in OQ10. Right. It's yeah. excellent. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the best meats that you can eat. But yeah, I have seen people still have good results just with eggs and, and you know, the, the, the fish eggs, you know, they won't even fully go to like eating slabs of salmon, but they'll eat the little eggs. I'm like, mm. okay, yeah. well, <laughs> we can start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Still a win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, you yeah. know, how do you, how do you combat the, the people that live in the high non-native EMF environments? Because as you mm. mentioned, you were doing a lot of this stuff and you just weren't seeing vitamin D levels go up. And I think that can be an indicator for people that there's some sort of a big stressor and, and the bunk creatinine ratio, also the dehydration, which I think those are really linked with vitamin D. Do you, do you think those are two, those two things are really linked together? Very much so. Yeah. It's, it's a clear sign of dehydration and the, the, the point when it comes to that and 
how my clients usually by the time that they become more cognizant about EMF, then they would be a lot more receptive to what I have to share. So that's usually more in terms of my uh, advanced pro coaching program. And typically what I like to do um, without expecting them to, you know, move um, away from the city, um, we, we need to figure out something more practical. Um, and typically what I like to do is to equip them with the necessary skill sets so that they have the life skill to bring along with them anywhere they go, um, whether that be traveling in a hotel room or moving homes and whatnot, they have the um, ability to uh, do the necessary um, investigation as well as mitigation. And typically what we focus on is the bedroom because mm. essentially that's where we spend one third of our lives. And that's the time where we, um, the body focuses on more regeneration, healing and autophagy. Right. So we, how I would typically approach this is to focus on the bedroom and they would do out the measurements themselves and we would obviously go through them and figure out what are the potential problems that they're dealing with. And we typically would focus more on shielding. So if it's a wireless-related um, wireless um, radiation problem, then we would focus on what are some of the mitigation strategies that we can uh, look into to help lower the fuels down. Um, that's usually one of the main ones, that, um, especially if you live in a big city. And then the other thing would be more from a AC electric power uh, mm -hmm. point of view. But that one's typically very easy and is as low cost as just turning off the circuit breaker before you go to bed at night. And that can reduce the fuels down by 80, 90%. So, and it's a low-hanging fruit, yeah. um, you know. So, yeah, those would be some of the basic recommendations that I would look into. Um, and typically that would be followed by, um, you know, after, after we focus on the bedroom, which is one third of our lives, then the next component would be more on our desktop. That's mm. where we spend another one third of our life, yes. you know, on, on our laptops and, yes. and whatnot. So we look into things like how do we, um, like, address the wireless radiation, could we introduce a um, Ethernet cable Ethernet, yeah. Yeah, versus um, keeping the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on all the time? And Bluetooth is a sneaky one. That's when I had an EMF guy come to my house and he, my computer was just, whoo, and it was mm. hardwired and it was unplugged. And, and he's like, oh, your Bluetooth's on. And so that's a, <laughs> that's a sneaky one I think people need to know, look out for. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah, your sorry, mouse. Sorry, No, not at all. Yeah. Even, like, even what now? Your mouse. Your mouse. Oh, and, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's it's not very difficult to to mitigate once you understand what needs to be done. And then most of the time, what I recommend is just buying like a good semi-pro um, meter so that they can be more of like your um, an indication of you know the readings in your environment and if it's coming from your laptop your phone then it's going to be as easy as just turning things off and yeah. you know you don't have to focus on you know spending thousands of dollars um, you know mitigating stuff it doesn't have to be that complex but it all begins yeah. with having a meter to understand the situation I love that. So really having people look at where they're spending a lot of time I and mean, a lot of people are on their laptop or their computer and saying, all right, can we hardwire this? Can we turn off the Bluetooth? And then 
um, maybe put something like Iris software on the computer. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting this huge blast of blue light, right? Yep. Very yeah. much. That's, that's very, very important. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. outdoor working space. I know not everyone can do that. I've opened my window cause I'm up in the bedroom. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm not able to work on the patio because it's too noisy, I mm -hmm. will open the window and I've got a fire burning behind me to get some infrared. Um, but yeah, I think those things are also helpful for people if they're on their computer a lot, right? Mm, yeah, very much so. Yeah. And obviously, if you can ground um, and yes. ground using the natural ground, not the AC ground, um, yeah. that's always going to be a huge bonus as well. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the, so grounding mats, you're not a huge fan, right? Uh, it, it depends. Like I would say that grounding mat, if it's grounded to um, the earth itself, then like a grounding rod, like a grounding rod, then that's going to yeah. be fine. Um, I'm not a fan of the human body being connected to Plug any to AC, yeah. type of AC power socket. Um, yeah. You know, some sometimes people may May, may assume, oh, you know, it's, it's actually the earth. Um, there's no live currents going through it. That's provided that the wirings in the house is connected properly. Mm -hmm. And I had a few situations, um, you know, with clients around the world where they, when they measure um, their environment, they started to notice, oh my God, that's like yeah. dirty electricity or even like electric fuels coming from the earth. And yeah. you know, we had to do some detective work, um, obviously, but um, it goes to show that human errors, you know, it, it can be helped because it's not something we can see or feel uh, with our five senses. So um, the only way is just to detect it and then um, addressing the problem. Yeah. 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 And I think you even have to be careful with the grounding tools as well. Even if they're with the grounding rod, I had, mm. um, Dr. Sarah Pugh was staying with me for about five or six weeks and she was sleeping in my downstairs, you know, ground floor office area. I kind of let her have that as a bedroom. And she actually opened up the window and stuck a rod in the ground and put grounding sheets on the bed down there. And yeah. She said she felt worse. She tried it for a few nights and it really messed up her sleep and she felt worse um, right. from doing that. And the way mm -hmm. she reset, she actually, I have a pretty decent sized yard and some huge pine trees back there. So she actually um, set up a tent in my backyard and slept <laughs> back there for a night to reset wow. herself. I was like, she was like, I'm like, that's, yeah, go ahead, go for it. Go ahead, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm really she, connecting I mean, to nature. <laughs> she, yeah, she and she was explaining to me about pine trees and pine cones, how they have a special kind of quantum energy. I'm like, okay. Um, mm -hmm. And I keep finding pine cones all over my house. Like she kind of set them up to like protect the house and the wow. kids. Nice. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff. Ra uh, pine cones wrapped in copper wires. Like I keep finding them oh, everywhere. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. They're very yeah. rich in oxygen as well. Yeah. 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 It's uh, mm. very interesting. But yeah, I like, I, I think grounding is super important, but mm. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, can I just get a grounding mat? So I think it's always, I've had a, I don't know if you've had the same experience, but I've had Sarah have that experience and I've had a few clients that even though they're using the grounding rod plugged mm -hmm. in, you know, to the yard and the mat, they actually feel worse and have worse energy when they use those tools. So yes, I'm, yes. I'm still super cautious about recommending those things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Because, you know, EMF is a complex topic and mm -hmm. sometimes electric fuel tends to go in the path of re the least resistance. So sometimes it could be the ground itself that is conductive. 
you know, and oh, yeah. obviously, once again, it's something that we can't tell and um, only a meter can pick that up. So yeah, it's always good to ensure that wherever that we're grounding, even even putting our feet on, on the floor, um, it's always clean um, so that we are not absorbing the man-made um, you know, AC electrons. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you do a uh, cold therapy with your clients? Do you recommend that to everyone or certain people or how do you approach that with people? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, it would be a case by case basis and obviously latitude and, mm. um, you know, their mitochondria haplotype, um, would all come into the mix as well. Mm. But generally speaking, you know, I always tell my clients who live outside of the tropics, you know, during winter, um, you know, you don't have to do anything too crazy if you don't want to. Like yeah. cold thermogenesis could be something as simple as wearing one less layer um, during the day, you know, yeah. just allow your body to shiver a little bit so that, you know, it kind of jumpstart the mitochondrial function to, you know, warm up the body. So it could be something as, you know, I guess boring um, as that. You don't have to um, jump into an ice bath if you don't want to. Yeah. And yeah, it could be something as simple as that. And then obviously I have some um, of the guys who are more focused, like more performance-based and they, they just want to continuously pushing the envelope, you know, yeah. and those would be the ones where we would look into like more of like a safe and controlled manner um, into doing CT uh, mm -hmm. based on um, obviously their, their health as well as um, their environment. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's so important. And um, it's again, case by case basis. And obviously the haplotype, how do you help people determine their haplotype? Do you have them do like the DNA testing or that's, that's been a big topic in my private membership group. So maybe we can dive into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I try to keep it simple. Um, you know, typically like, because not everyone is willing to do a DNA test for like 200 bucks. Uh, yeah. just to figure out what's the haplotype. So typically I get them, obviously it's useful and, you know, I encourage them if that's that's the path that they want to mm -hmm. go down. But if not, we can always figure out, um, you know, what, how, how, how do you feel, you know, between the sun and the cold? You know, which one do you resonate with the most? And we, we tend to go by that first. Mm -hmm. And then as it goes along, when they start to, you know, dabble between the sun and the cold, uh, it would get to a point where, you know, they would, if they're curious enough, then, you know, they would naturally just, hey, I, I want to do the test. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, you know, we, we then figure it out. And it's, it's helpful, um, you know, I would say like 20% of the time, because sometimes you may end up with a really interesting mix whereby someone who thinks that, hey, I'm actually driven by the sun, um, mm -hmm. And it turned out that, you know, they're more um, suitable for the cold. Um, but I would say that that's kind of like a, a rare situation. On most cases, um, you know, like if, if you are born in more of like the higher latitude places, um, you know, it's quite safe to assume that um, cold is really, you're going you're gonna to benefit from the cold, um, you know, without a doubt. It, and everyone benefits from the sun as well. So it's just a matter of what gradient, what do you wish to push more and focus more on to give you the best bang for your buck? Yeah, I was somebody who always hated the cold, but I think it was also that I was circadianly misaligned and had a lot of inflammation, a lot of health issues. And once I became more aligned with the light and dark cycles and grounding and earthing and 
being outside and more connected to seasonal eating and those sorts of things. Um, and I kind of forced myself to jump into that cold plunge because I wanted to get pregnant. And that was my motivation to jump in ice water. Um, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I want to do this all the time. Um, but if you had asked me before I got into circadian health and quantum biology, if I'm more drawn to the sun or the cold, I definitely would have said the sun. Um, but I think, yeah, once you kind of align yourself and you become more in touch with nature and, and how things are supposed to be that, yeah, I, I love the cold. I'm a huge fan of the cold, but that was <laughs> never true for me before ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I personally yeah. like the cold and the sun combo. Oh gosh, so me too. It's my favorite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I love to lay out in the sun and then jump in the, in the tub. That's like, mm -hmm. Yeah, my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, it's a little exactly. harder when it's freezing cold outside to force yourself to go jump in the cold tub, but you, you mm. never you never regret it. Yeah. Um, but it's <laughs> definitely a lot harder for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just kind of bringing the conversation full circle, what do you think is the most important thing for people if you know maybe they're listening to this it's you know beginning of january they're looking to transform their health and make some some changes as a coach and as somebody who's really made a lot of changes to your health what are what are the most important things that you think people should prioritize um, when mm -hmm. it comes to fixing their health yeah um i would like to start simple i would say prioritize your sleep mm -hmm. and um you know once that's nailed down i would say prioritize sunlight like those two are free and you know it's going to give you the best bang for your buck because um obviously they're all circadian rhythm linked and you know even if it's just like 10-15 minutes um you know of of daily sunlight that's going to be a good start okay, for, for yeah. anyone uh you know who wish to improve their health um so i would say that um yep sleep first and sunlight and obviously both are tied with you know the kind of lights that you allow in your lives. So yeah, I would say start there um, and then see how you go from there. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And, you know, if anyone's watching and they want to work with you and kind of learn more about you, what's the best way to find you and, and more of your information? Sure. Um, yeah, the best way to reach me is um, Coach Nick Tan, T-A-N, uh, N-I-C-T-A-N, um, and you can reach me on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure I have that linked in the show notes as well. So people can follow you and find more of your information. And yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I feel like these are really important conversations to have here at the beginning of the year. And um, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening and watching today's show with Nick Tan. As a reminder, all of his information is down in the show notes so that you can follow him. If you're interested in working with him, I think he's fantastic. I also wanted to remind you that... I have the January sale going on as well as the opportunity to get those two free lessons from my 10 day course with all of my eBooks for no charge. That's in the show notes. If you're like, I want a taste of this work. I want to understand it more. This is a really good opportunity to do that. And thank you really quickly to Viva Rays for sponsoring the show. My code there is Yogi for their circadian glasses and any of their awesome products. And thank you to Upgraded Formulas for sponsoring this episode as well with their fantastic mineral supplements as well as their hair tissue mineral analysis. Thanks again for listening or watching and I will talk with you again next week.